0: with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host Laura Casanary king and the dear Margaret Sheldon is here today with us again. Hi, Margaret. Good morning. Nice cloudy day in Boston, Boston. And I'm up here in New Hampshire. And, uh, We'll just introduce our guests right away. Yes, we'll just... Introduce... Might as well finish the New England... Uh, That's right. The trail. Swipe of New England. That's right. Go ahead. <laughs> From New Hampshire to Boston to New Haven, Connecticut, we are glad to introduce today Frank Bruckman. Hi, Frank.
1: Hello. Hello. How are you?
0: <laughs> Good. So glad to catch up with you. A dear friend of mine has told me for a long time, You've got to interview Frank. He is so fun and gregarious. And I've heard stories about Monhegan. I've never been. You and Margaret have. So we're going to have to hear some Monhegan stories, I think, at some point in this interview.
1: Yeah, we met Margaret. You look familiar. You look familiar. Ah. (laughs) I think we might have run into each other out on Monhegan at one time or another.
2: Could be. I usually go out in August.
1: Yeah, we've been going in August for a number of years now, my family and I. So there's a very good chance.
2: Oh, that's great. I mean, it is like an artist's playground, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Say,
2: you you can't you walk out your door and all you see are people carrying their setups or their paintings or whatever. It's sort of a little bit of heaven.
1: As a good so friend once said, you can't swing a cat without hitting an artist out on Monahegan.
2: <laughs> and then they'll probably ask you to stay still so they can paint it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: How that's the people, people- how do people live out there? I mean, that would right drive anybody crazy.
1: <clears throat> well, <What>? oh, they, <laughs> they love it in uh, in June when people come out because they've been by themselves all winter. <laughs> and then by September, they're ready to get rid of you and you're, <laughs> on, you're out of there. They're tired of having tourists come through. Do you know, I think it was last year or well, of course,
2: last year didn't count. So two years ago, I found a little <laughs> children's book, an illustrated book. Um, something like uh winter on the island i can't remember the name of it i i read it i immediately found it on amazon and bought a couple of copies and sent it to my granddaughter and she was intrigued and it's about a little girl whose father is a lobsterman and the year that her parents tell her you know that she'll be going to school on the island and you know frank you know the schoolhouse as do i (laughs) and it's just this story of what life is like when all of the visitors leave. It's just a beautiful little book.
1: We actually did that one year, my family and I. In 2010, we wintered out there. We were lucky enough to uh, cat-sit for somebody through the winter. <laughs> and um, it was just such an amazing experience. I just love painting out there with the snow. Uh, and snowshoeing out to Blackhead to go paint. It's just just amazing a totally different lifestyle out there in the winter yeah you can stand in the middle of the road in pain all day and not see anybody (laughs) that's amazing just wait for that boat to come (laughs) only three
2: three days a week it comes in the winter (laughs) three days amazing
0: i love it i love it okay so we're going to get to all that because i want to dig dig in deeper there but give us if you would a little synopsis of your background Starting with, this is always fascinating for me, your very first inclinations that you remember, how young were you and what were you doing artistically?
1: Oh my God. You mean first inclinations in art or in life? Yeah,
0: in in art. Yeah.
1: In art, my father would pull out a little paint set like every three or four years and do a little abstract painting or some little painting of a uh, tractor in a field or something like that. But I just remember that odor of those oils when I'd walk into the room that he was, you know, doing just a little sketch. And like I said, once every like two or three years, I'd catch that odor and think it was like amazing, that smell. And, um, And that was it. That was the basic of my whole art. I never went to a museum when I was a kid, never had any really art experience. But many years later, after I quit college and traveled a little bit and was doing nothing with my life... Um, There was a piece of paper and pencil in front of me and I just started sketching and it caught on. I couldn't stop. I just kept on going for it and going for it. And um, uh, like I said, nothing going on in my life, so I decided to go to art school. That's where it all started.
0: Wonderful.
2: that's a pretty big leap. I'm just imagining that. But, you know, the nice thing is it's like it's that flame gets ignited and it's when you know, you know, right? like suddenly it starts to be the only thing you think about and then you try to figure out what it is you need to do so you can continue
1: (laughs) to do the art you love like we all I I kept on telling my girlfriend at the time that I something was going to happen with me I was like you know lost and Mm -hmm. something was sooner or later would happen and and I guess when art came along it just went with it as much as I could that uh, that that wasn't it was it was uh, a seminal period. It kind of like didn't happen immediately. It took a little while for it to grow, and yeah, uh, and finally when I hit art school, it was like I realized that was where I was supposed to be. You
2: know, did you ever have that um, experience where you know someone sort of either gives you a critique or or a bit of praise that's just enough to let you know that you know you do have something like maybe you are good at this did you ever have it I don't know I can I can remember the few in my life where I was like oh like an outsider who I respected giving me that validation particularly when I was young you know sort of like that I should keep going like it was a good piece whatever it was what you were working on or did you just not care Maybe you were a renegade.
1: Actually, it was kind of the opposite. I used to have one teacher in my school that uh, we'd have our little critique sessions during lunch. He was a very good teacher. I mean, he really would push his students very well. But one day I came across my first pastel I ever did. And I said, okay, you got to be kind with me because it's my first pastel ever. And I I hung it up on the wall and he looked at me and said, well, I hope there's not going to be a second. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. That pushed me to work harder than ever. <laughs> it was, it was. Um... That's great. <laughs> it
2: is. You've <laughs> got I... some internal strength there, my friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there's where your inspiration and influence comes from. That's awesome. I love so it. But you know, a little
1: bit of a drive.
0: That's what I was gonna
2: say. Different people, different thing drives them. Yeah.
1: Like maybe that gave you something to prove. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Well, absolutely.
0: I love oh, it. Wonderful. So you I guess say, I
1: did prove because I became a professional artist and uh I uh, And he's still teaching. High, so. <laughs> he's he still a teaching, a teaching in a classroom. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> that's funny. I love it. This is great. So um what kind of training did you do? I think I read you were. I went to
1: a small school in New Jersey, Ducray School of the Arts. <laughs> Okay. And then during the summer, I would go to the Art Students League. So I was going year round to school. And uh, after about three years of that, um, after looking at all those little images in the Janssen art history book, I decided I wanted to go to Europe and, and see the real paintings. <laughs> so I saved some money and went to Europe for about, plan was to go for about three months to Paris and I ended up staying in Europe for eight years. So it was wow. an incredible experience. I was living between France and Spain the whole time.
2: Oh my wow. gosh, you're like Hemingway.
1: So that was my real experience was going into the museums. I I went <clears throat> at first I started painting on the streets in Paris. And then I called my boss and told him I wasn't going to be coming home to work anymore. <laughs> and um Money started running out. So I started to paint inside in the museums doing reproductions. Mm -hmm. And one day someone came up to me and asked me if I sold them and a little light went off in my head and saying, Hey, I can make a little money doing this. So I ended up doing reproductions in museums for a couple of years, learning how to paint. It was one of my best experiences ever. You're standing in front of a, a Franz Hall or a Chardon and you're just painting and painting and trying to understand what the artist did to put that that color in there or that composition, what was so important about it. So um, that's kind of what kept me alive. That and also I I became an artist model in Paris as well.
2: Yeah, that'll save your soul, right? Um, Did you speak French?
1: No, no. I knew there was a bonjour, but I didn't know there was a bonsoir when I showed up there, so uh, I learned it. (laughs) I learned it fast, especially painting on the streets. I would always talk to kids and the kids would let me, you know, uh, explain things over and over until I got it right. So you know, I learned I learned quickly. Not very well, but I learned.
2: Great. I just remember I landed in Paris and I looked at my now husband and I said to him, well, thank God you speak French. And he just sort of was like, well, that was a few years ago. And I quickly learned he was useless. Um, he, he could tell me what the Nord was. But after that, I learned the words um, well, certainly merci, but I, I learned to say croissant faster than I ever, it was the word I needed, because I could get a cafe and a croissant that I knew I'd be all right in the morning. But I, boy, I admire anybody that drops in cold. And, and you know, if you're yeah. going to leave New York City, because if you were in Jersey, you certainly, and doing the Art Students League, right, you had access to the museums of New York City. And I love the fact that you went one better... <laughs> Only a kid from the East says, nah, I want Paris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, like I said, you have those little images and then when you get into the museum, you see the paintings are like 20, 30 feet wide, you know, 10, 15 feet high. It's like big difference. Or, or, or you see the Mona Lisa and you
2: go,
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was big. <laughs> I did too. That was crazy. Did you, I want to ask about when you were getting into the museums and, and were you painting in there? Yes,
1: yeah, so I was re- re- painting. Okay. You go through some paperwork and okay. then uh, you okay. have to make the image 5% larger or smaller. Right. Because oh, okay. they don't want you, uh, you know, any apocalypse happened and you know, they don't want your copy to be the original don't painting. Wanna...
2: I know a friend who does that in uh, D.C. Like yeah. in the National oh. Gallery, she had to apply and she's a copyist. And she says she's learned the same experience as you. You know, you, you look at the very best and eventually you're going to try to figure out how they did it. Mm. Good for you.
1: Did you ever
0: do the same one more than once to try to figure something out?
1: Actually, the first one I did. It's funny that you asked that. The first copy I did was uh, La Bohemian by Franz Hall. Halls, uh, there was just something about it that I really liked. So I did it one time, small one on canvas, then I built it up to another second one on canvas. Then I went to the library and kind of read a little bit about Franz Halls and his materials and things of that nature. And then I actually bought a a piece of wood to do it just like he did on wood and kind of follow a little bit closer to what he did. And so I did that painting like three times and then moved on and went on to other paintings after that. But my best experience was going to the, uh, at the time was the Jus de Pomme, before mm-hmm. it became uh, the Musée d'Orsay. And uh, that was great. Starting to, to paint Impressionist, that was a fun experience. Like Cezanne was one of my favorites to copy. So I did him oh. over and over and over again. Do you feel like Every you still have- It's sellable, so it was easier to impressionist There you go. Impressionist than, a, uh, than, a, than an old Franz Halls.
2: And you weren't you weren't in the mood to take a whole lot of paintings home eventually, so the whole idea of moving them is a good one. Oh yeah, well
1: I was I was living off of uh, my my wiles at the time. I, I was one it. of those. Uh, I guess um, what do they call it? The artist living in a in a Publisher? maid's room in a chambre de ban Yeah. Well, that
2: sounds pretty romantic to me. <laughs> I know.
0: And and how did you actually move them? You know, you say they. I mean, it's not like you had internet back then, and you weren't putting them up on there. So, did you
1: get into Prop certain,
0: them up on the <laughs> certain circles, or were well, people no, it was, uh, coming through?
1: You know, thousands of people were walking by at the time, okay and I would didn't even have business cards at the time. <laughs> I don't think I even had a phone. I had Give me your palm. people. Uh, I love it. How mad. much? You,
2: let's imagine this exchange. How much do you want for that piece? How much do you have? <laughs>
1: Guys, got to eat, right? Yeah, yeah. And then also at the same time, I was painting on the streets of Paris. I was, you know, on the Pont des Arts painting. I painted. Um, oh my god, I'm, I'm a little mind fogged right now from I had COVID a few weeks ago. Oh, um,
0: sorry to hear
1: that. I can't think of it. Who 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 was it that wraps the bridges? I'm, I'm
0: wraps the bridge. Brad. Oh,
1: uh, christo Christo, right. I did a painting of Christo wrapping the bridge, the Pont Neuf, and I was, like, I was having a ball in Paris. I was painting along the quays, painting all these bridges. I love the bridges down in Paris. Uh, taking the subway with my wet canvases, trying to get people not to uh, get their clothing all over my wet canvas. It was a ball. Ooh, it was and great. And
2: Parisians, they dress well.
1: Yes, very well.
2: You uh... could pick the American out, I'll bet. <laughs> That's great. Um, so did you have anybody that, I mean, I know you talked about Hall, but is there anybody else that really influenced you, you think
0: mm-hmm.
2: you're still sort of consciously um, aware of the interest today?
1: Um, everybody, I mean, they were all like, so amazing. El Greco, I copied in El Greco in the Prado. Um, I forget who else I copied down there. I did a few copies in the Prado, um, Vermeer, uh, not Vermeer, um, Velasquez, um, Titian, I love Titian scan everybody. I was just so much enjoying just looking at a painting thing and I want to learn what he did there. I copied a um, Van Dyke hand that was over the face of a child, over the shoulder of a child, just to understand how he would do his hands, his hands were so gorgeous. So it was just practicing, (laughs) trying to imitate and uh, hoping that it would stick.
2: I do that with Sargent.
1: I'm always looking at how little, well, apparently there's layers and (laughs) layers,
2: but you know, his hands are so simplified. And I always think I'm going to do that. And then when push comes to shove, I still find myself
0: (laughs) (laughs) noodling. We do do a lot of noodling.
2: Just let it go. So, but you had a year and you had, you know,
1: Paris. So there you go. How long did you stay? Did you stay 10 years? Did you say? Four years in France and four years in Spain. A friend of mine gave me the keys to his apartment in Madrid and ah. went, moved to Madrid for probably about, I was going to, another time I was going to be there for three months. I ended up staying for about a year and a half wow. and um, then went back to Paris and then back to Spain again, moved down to Cordoba, lived there for about a year and a half and traveled all over. I bought a little <laughs> um, uh, Du chevaux you know what those are, those little oh, brand, yeah. brand of cars. And traveled all over Spain with it and found an apartment down in uh, Cordoba and just love that area. That was amazing.
0: This sounds like a
2: movie. So I know, I know. (laughs) All right, Frank, I'm going to keep going with just a couple of quick questions because I'm trying to envision this life. Right. How old were you when you decided it was time to leave Europe? Mm.
1: Leave Europe? Yeah. Yeah. When did you decide to come home? I got there when I was about. Thirty, so I guess I left when I was about thirty-eight.
2: Oh man, I my admiration just keeps growing. <laughs> I, I thought I thought you were like some you know kind of go with the flow twenty something, but that's oh when you're when you're a thirty year old. Like this is this is getting more and more interesting because you know you're such a different. For well, you're less carefree, and if you make this choice, more focused. You know, you're changing the course of your life in a way that is like marvelously unique. Did your family think yeah. this
1: was a cool idea? Um, I never really asked my family. <laughs> so
2: I'm liking you more and more. <laughs> so,
1: so I was just, uh, you know, doing whatever I needed to do. And yeah. And like I said, I was there for three months and decided I wanted to stay longer and figured out how to do it. And did you speak Spanish wow. too? Or did you yeah. pick that up? No. <laughs> No, I went to Spain. The Spanish are much easier going when it comes to not speaking their language well. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. I ended up having a Spanish girlfriend that I fell in love with, and we—she uh, didn't speak any English, so my Spanish got much better than my French.
2: <laughs>
1: I, I, everybody I in Paris speaks head. a little bit of English, but in Spain may not. You're happen. on your own. You got to come up with it.
2: Yeah, that's great. I love it. All right, that's amazing. Let's do we want to hear about when you, when you returned to the
0: States? Okay, that's yeah. I, that
1: was one of your questions, where I became a New Englander.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and what was the impetus to kind of end that decade of... Um,
1: well, I was on my goodness. way to Mexico. <laughs> I learned uh, my Spanish was very good at the time, so I came home, bought a Volkswagen camper van, and went to go visit my sister up in Boston. Love it. And then traveled up into Maine, because I'd never been up to Maine. And whoops here we they are traveling and painting and on the way back i stopped in to visit a friend in uh, westport connecticut and she had a studio in south norwalk connecticut which is right down the road and she said i'm not i'm not using it right now and it's fall i don't think you've seen fall colors in a long time why don't you just use my studio go ahead just take it over so that's what i did i ended up like parking my van and and putting Mexico off and ran out of money and ended up staying in that studio for another like three or four years.
2: Oh my gosh. I, I'm, the words charmed life
1: keep flashing. I know. In my What's ser-
0: like, One serendipitous <laughs> moment after the other. It's amazing. That's,
1: I am like a know. wind blowing in the wind. I just let it take me wherever it takes me.
2: With very conveniently positioned friends. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, she ended mm-hmm. up giving up this studio and I ended up taking it over and that's that's I ran great. out of money and I did finally make it down to Mexico, but um, that's another I fell in love with a woman here in Connecticut and we both ended up going down there for six months traveling around Mexico in another nice. Volkswagen camper van, a um, different one. And
0: were you painting while you were there? Oh, yeah,
1: that's what we were doing. We were just traveling, painting from one village to another.
0: Oh, I love the villages. What parts did it. you go to?
1: Oh, uh, we loved a small village called Riel de Catorce, uh, oh. just up in the mountains. It used to be an old oh. silver mining town, nice. uh, which was at one time had 40,000 people that lived there. And when we were there, there were like a thousand. So it was like very rustic and wow. just charming. And, and at the time, like I said, my Spanish was very good. So we got along pretty well with everybody. And then we went down to the Pacific coast. We loved Mexico City. We thought we'd just like book through and get out of there, but uh, once we were there, it was just so amazing. We ended up staying around for, I think, about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great.
0: And were you selling paintings there too as you were traveling?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> that was just painting, just, just paintings.
0: Okay. So I would it do a lot good. of
1: 11 by 14s and uh, painting on stretchers and rolling them up and putting new stretchers mm-hmm. on, new okay. canvas on and And like I said, I had a camper van at the time. Oh, no, no. Back then, I only had a truck. I had a little pickup truck. The first trip down to Mexico. The second trip down to Mexico, we had a camper van.
2: I can't believe you're sitting in New Haven and we're talking to you. That seems so kind of boring
1: compared to
2: (laughs) boring. I didn't want to say the
0: B word, but...
1: We ended up having a couple of kids that like... kind of makes you nest a little oh, bit. More than,
2: yeah, you're right. And,
1: uh, wanted an although anger. two years ago, we lived in France for another year.
0: Oh. We nice.
1: picked up everything and decided to, to get give the kids a good experience, uh, you know, of a different lifestyle. So we, we pulled a little bit of money together and went there in the south of France for an ac- academic year. That's perfect, which was amazing and want to go back again, of course. Of course. Oh, wonderful. Gosh.
0: So have you done um, <clears throat> any paint? I know you're teaching. So have you done any workshops over in Europe?
1: Yeah, when I was there, <laughs> the first workshop I did there was, I guess, in 98 maybe. Oh, wow. I did a barge trip. Uh, you know, you can rent out a little barge. Oh, nice and slow. And, yeah, it goes like five miles an hour. You yeah, have yeah. maybe enough room for six people and you and wow. we would like take and float down a canal pull over wherever we decided to paint and get out our easels paint and then get back in the boat and float down another couple of miles that's so much, I, much. That I, I thought
0: you were i thought you were going to say this is a speed painting class and we set up and painted as as we floated
2: <laughs> <laughs> talk about
1: almost these boats went very slow
2: <laughs> i was gonna Have say talk too. about quick study there right
1: so what we did and this will be a first time we went with friends and then two weeks of students and um, then we did it again in the south, further south of France in uh, the Carmog area Mm. which is incredibly beautiful. You have uh, wild white horses running in a field on one Mm. side and on the other side of the canal miles of flamingos just like in these marshes, just it was incredible. Gee, beautiful. so the same thing I did three weeks that as uh, with that as well for a workshop. And then when I was living in France, we did a workshop there as well.
0: Lovely, lovely. You're never
2: going to stay in one place very long.
1: No, you will a, always I'm not that be a kind of person.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's what makes it so special. Yeah. Um, I'm all right. Let's see. I'm trying to see. Laura's given me an outline, and this is really good. But I don't think we're
1: following.
0: I it don't much. know where we are.
1: <laughs> so sorry, I kind of like ruined we're the. we
0: No, we. You know just, what? We gotta You're follow
1: your uh, your format here. We're
0: going it's five so miles an hour down the barge. Yes, yes.
2: It's so much more interesting to see where the conversation takes you. Yes. So, yes. all right, I'm looking at your studio behind you.
0: Yeah.
2: And first of all, I love seeing the work because it's not that you're not interesting to look at, but (laughs) my my
1: work is much more interesting, I hope.
2: I I have to, I think that's that's what we as artists would choose, you know, if you want to see me, please look at the work. Mm -hmm. But as I look at it, I'm kind of curious because I'm looking at your your setup and your easel. Um, First of all, is this at home or is this an outside studio?
1: This is in my attic. Um, My wife teaches uh, children up here in the attic this used to be my studio Mm -hmm. and then i i because like i said i had a family everything was going on in the house people were talking arguments between the kids i decided to move out into my garage and i I redid my garage as a studio and my wife took over this studio up here um uh, and she teaches art to kids after school she has an after school program But since she's not doing that this year because of COVID, I decided to take over the studio because the lighting up here is incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's much warmer than my studio in the garage. I'll bet it is. <clears throat> so um, so this is where my studio is now, uh, up in the garage, but up in the, up in the attic. But I'm moving it back out into the garage in a few more days. Ooh, good for Wonderful.
0: you. So you've got a lot of very interesting series that um, – that are on your website, some really cool, cool things. I'm interested to know when you get into a series, um, you know, you've got one, I wanna know about the New Haven ones cause they all seem like they're up high. Is that from a drone or are those those photo references? No,
1: we were uh, lucky enough to be able to get um, permission to paint from uh, empty uh, office spaces in a <laughs> building downtown.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So Wonderful. more of friends friends.
0: I
2: know, <laughs> more
1: Frank's friends. <laughs> so Frank's friends. You know, a handful of us that were going into these empty office spaces, which was great. It was like, um, um, wow. you get these, like, like you're saying, bird's eye view of downtown New Haven. Mm-hmm. So we did a number of sketches there, and I went as far as doing one painting was, I guess, 40 by 60 inches, a big piece of uh, uh, the local, I don't know, the administration building down there. So we, we, anywhere from 11 by 14s up to my 40 by 60, whatever it was, big painting of downtown. And it was just, it was fun. I enjoy painting city scenes, street scenes.
0: So when you do a series, do you kind of do that, just that series all at oh, once, or are you throwing in interspersing? Me.
1: Many other things. Yeah, okay. like I'll go out and do a regular landscape. Uh, and then back to the series. I have, uh, I'm part of a gallery here in, in New Haven called the Keller Liddell gallery. And I get a show there once every year and a half. So I kind of build up a series for that, that particular show. So all those series you see on my website are, okay. um, are those series that I did for, for the show uh wow. for like right now behind me you see these are uh ones that i'm doing now for the pandemic it's i'm painting my family over and over again so the last show i had at killer <laughs> Adele, which was a bust because it opened the day that the quarantine started uh was highway series i just did a number of paintings <laughs> of the highways which i love compositions colors uh it was just so much fun to do
0: now, is your Breaking <clears throat> Bread series, is that influenced by COVID at all? Or did you do that before?
1: Oh, no, that was about six years ago, I think, the Breaking oh, Bread series. That,
0: I, I love those. So tell me a little about your process of, um, you know, are you, you say you're doing sketches. Um, those would be preliminary studies. Are you using photograph oh. references? Or is everyone saying still for you?
1: <laughs> no, they don't say still, that's for sure. Um, I love painting from life. It's one of my favorite things. If I can do it, I do it. But a series like that, I couldn't get people to pose for me. Yeah, I'd have to be pretty wealthy to do that. Uh, so what I did was, and I did a series before that. It was called Occupational Spirit, which I did paintings of my local merchants in my village here uh, in Westville. Oh. So what I do is I take hundreds of photographs. or At the time, I also had my daughter run around and take photographs of us dining with friends having hanging at somebody's house it's one of the most fun things to do to break bread with somebody Mm -hmm. and then i look at all the photographs i have pick out three or four that i like do a couple little sketches of it try to pull a composition together then do a color study sometimes and then work into a bigger painting so that was the process and the same with the the occupational spirit and also with the one i'm working on now this series behind me it's the same thing i would I'd uh, do a sketch, um, uh, a little bit of a bigger sketch of these, probably eighteen by twenty-four, maybe, and then work into a bigger piece if I like the image.
0: Mm-hmm. So, hey, what, what about your figure drawing? Those, um, they tend to be in movement. So, would that also be?
1: Those were done from life. The figure series. And they I did are. The, okay. Yeah. The nudes but, that I did.
0: Yeah, but um, some of those, they're they're like halfway up off the floor. Did they stay there and hold that pose for you? <laughs>
1: I would do a quick sketch and then work (laughs) up a bigger piece afterwards. Okay. Yeah, I had a model in my studio working with me and posing. And and sometimes I would take photographs and then touch it up a little bit later on from the photograph. But yeah, I like the feeling of movement. I didn't want it to feel too static. So Mm -hmm. uh, I did a number of those. um,
2: And those were fun. I
1: enjoyed doing that. It's very cool. It really is. It's
2: kind of nice to see... A painter, having heard your sort of travel and your interest in different subjects, you know, people like to say he's a landscape painter or he does figure work. I, I love it when I see someone who changes it up and will actually, you yeah. know, do whatever they feel like doing at the time because, you know, it's all the same. I think it's the same process. You know, you're trying to capture something I mean, the build, if you're doing a building, the building's not going to move, but you've done water moving with all these bridges, you know, we all do the sky moving. It's kind of interesting to think that you're doing it all. I like it.
1: <laughs> I do like it. Well, when um, you're painting, when you're painting uh, plein air and you're working for, let's say, a period of three hours, Mm-hmm. Um and then maybe you want you're going to go back again for another 3 hours when the weather's correct and another 3 hours if you're working on a bigger piece you have got to like keep everything in flux and you you try to keep everything in movement at one time you don't finish any one area off right and then when you the lighting is right when you see something that clicks boom you get in there and touch it up and hit it the way you want it to be try to make it look the that the, the way you saw it at the primo point in your vision I think I don't
2: know. would you call yourself a fast painter
1: uh it depends upon the painting like some of these behind me are taking me way longer than i normally paint a painting but I also I just, have the time here and enjoy mm-hmm. it and trying to build the textures up a little bit redo yeah. things, scrape things down trying to get the composition to where it's where i really enjoy it where i really like it uh layering layer over layer so it depends upon the painting. Yeah. I can knock out an 11 by 14 in an afternoon if I want to, but I can also go back and do it again and again, mm-hmm. and build up the textures a little bit more and change the composition the way I want.
2: I often, well, I shouldn't say that, I'll be specific. I'm a slow painter, no two ways about it. I enjoy taking my time and process of painting and I just, I'm slower than some. I have a studio mate who's primarily a plein air painter. She is so fast. And she looks at me and she says, well, I have to be, I'm painting outside all the time. I mean, if I don't get it, it's gone. And I think, oh, so I was asking because I was curious whether, you know, do plein air painters learn to make decisions faster or, you know, I'm I'm curious about that. Is it something that's, you know, just an individual timing? I don't think so. I think she's fast because it's changing. And it sounds like you do more what I know a lot of my friends that I paint with do, which is you might start it outside, but I'm not a purist where I think it needs to be finished. I don't, I love painting a la prima, but I don't mind when it dries and I do some glazing or whatever. I enjoy bringing it back into the studio. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's part of, I don't know, it's part of the whole relish of painting I suspect
1: I was facing looking at it under a specific lighting outside which is changing continually when you put it in the studio you're seeing it without changing light you're seeing it static you're able to like focus on it a little bit more to, to change a little bit of a color here or to change a bit of a composition there it's or layer it build it up a little bit more when not? you make it a, a painting that you like better exactly exactly. So
2: as a teacher, do you think you, first of all, I'm curious as to whether or not you give harsh critiques based on your experience (laughs) with your first pastel. Um, (laughs) What kind of a teacher are you? Uh,
1: Hopefully a good one. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, if they come back, you must be good.
1: (laughs) Um, I I don't know. I'm I'm probably not one of the best teachers for sure. I I don't have too much information. I have basics that I like people to work up. Mm -hmm. The idea of composition, color relationships. I always stress, you know, keeping simple forms and building up the 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 painting uh, all together. Um, I like to look at things fresh. Like I see something that I think needs to be changed, I suggest it. But I always walk away and point out something that I really like about the painting that they've done, that the student has done, that is, you know, that's (laughs) clicking. That looks good. Um, I have been harsh every once in a while. There was one student I really remember. She was working on this still life that was just not going nowhere. And she worked on it for like three weeks in a row in my class. And I'm saying, you know, I think it's time to move on. I really think it's time to just get rid of this. And she was like, no, no, I want to continue with it. So finally, after the third week, it was just like I said, no, that's it. It's over. Quit. This is not working do something else with it, have fun with it, just go wild with it. And that's what she did. She just like made one of the most, one of her better paintings just by having that freedom, not to try to follow what she was seeing, but expressing herself a little bit more. Oh. And it worked out so much better.
0: I find so, that know, that you know, happens, yeah.
1: People a bit more than normal.
0: Yeah, for me, it's it's like I get angry with it and I know I'm going to scrape it down and wipe it anyway. So I just go crazy. And that's, <laughs> that's when it'll, very often... I think, I don't know, you lose the inhibition, you lose the, you try. you're not trying to save that precious thing that you precious, thought was, yeah, I don't know, but it does, it frees you up to just say, Well, okay, <clears> this <throat> is going in the trash anyway. <laughs> I was going to say,
2: I have a giant red trash barrel in my studio, it's usually about eight feet away, and if I hold a bad small painting on its corner, I can just flip that sucker, boom, and it goes, and for me, that is the best feeling, it's like, we're both, it's a breakup. We are done with each other. Next.
1: <laughs> I really enjoy painting over paintings that just didn't make it. Yes. Uh, I remember I there so was often. one time out on Monhegan, actually. I was painting out on Whitehead. And I, I tell this to people when I'm doing my demos, where in the morning I was painting towards the south and in the afternoon I was painting towards the north. So I would just go from one end of Whitehead to the other. Mm-hmm. It took me about a week to paint these paintings. They were both pretty big. And the weather was perfect every day, so I got a lot of luck that way. And the morning painting worked out fantastically. I brought it home, touched it up just a little bit, and boom, it was done. The other painting, I struggled with it. I I worked on it and worked on it, worked on it, put it away. A couple of months later, pulled it out, worked on it some more. I was, like, being very stubborn. I can be stubborn sometimes. Why is this not working? I just could not figure it out. I'd look at it and look at it. Change things around, scrape something down, and, and after about a year of touching it up every once in a while—not the whole time—but you know, pulling it out and looking at it, I just said, "The hell with this!" and flipped it upside down and painted something else over top of it. And I was so happy. It was <laughs> oh, such a relief!
2: Hey,
1: that was that was how it was
0: meant to be, Frank. Yeah. I can just tell. You you right. Just get rid of
1: things that aren't working. Just yeah, paint right over it. But and sometimes move on. it's
0: hard to let them go when you've put in some time.
1: I know, but if it's not working, it's it's not working, get rid of it.
0: Okay, what what would your students say is your superpower as a teacher?
1: (laughs) um, I really don't know. Jeez, you'd have to ask my students that.
0: Do you ever just start talking angrily behind them in French or Spanish or
1: something? (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? That's a good idea. I think I'm going to start thinking about that. No, I, I have a good time with cool. my students. I really enjoy, uh, when I get into the flow, teaching. I, I try to give as much as I can. I really push myself to, you know, it's their time, not my time. When I do my workshop up on Monhegan I don't like to stand there and spend hours doing a demo. I want them to paint. So during our lunch breaks, I do demos. And no, wait I, a minute. I, I a think farm, I read uh, that
0: sometimes you hike during lunch break.
1: <laughs> that as well. Yeah, that's why
2: Laura and I will never see you on the trail.
0: <laughs> I do. Hey Frank, I think are you clicking something? It's I'm oh sorry, me.
1: sorry. Yeah. Okay,
0: that's okay. Keep going. I'll like cut. My that. wife
1: says I have a uh, so, clicking Tourette's. I touch things, bang things.
2: You're one of those guys with the pen during a meeting. <laughs> yeah, I could click do click
1: that. The- the- away from me. Sorry.
2: So tell us about. I want to hear about the, your class on Monhegan. and where do you like. Put it on your website and then people sign up or is it your people students from new haven that say
1: oh if you're going to do a workshop we would like to hear about it well that's how it started out i started the one year we lived up there uh back in 2010 uh my students were saying hey what's going on how come you were sad that you're not teaching how about if you do a workshop up there so we did ended up doing a workshop one year there it was i guess in the springtime and, uh, that worked out pretty well. I had fun doing that. So I decided to do it again the next year and the next year. And a few years later, um, uh, the Island Inn had new owners and I got to mm. be friends with him and he suggested that maybe I do a workshop through the Island Inn. So for the past like four or five years, I guess I've been doing it through them. And, uh, what I do is I just, uh, I get a lot of, uh, repeat students, which is kind of nice. And uh, that's it. I put it up on my website and it pretty much flows.
2: That's perfect. And mm-hmm. I had thought you did it in the fall and
1: I was I'm all good. set. This year I'm doing it in the fall. Two years <laughs> ago I did it in the fall because I went to France. Okay. So generally I do it in the springtime in June. And um, because it, it, it was working, the idea with the Island Inn is they want people there in off season because they sure. aren't full. So this is how we worked it out.
2: I've got to say though that ferry can be very iffy in the
1: fall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we had uh, quite the ride home uh, two years ago. Oh, <laughs> I've had a couple. I'm not of very rough. good on boats, and it was rough. It was really rough. Uh,
2: I just you know boning. Remember that b o n i n e. It's what's that? It's uh, uh, what's the stuff we all used to take when we were kids dramamine oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is the new generation it's called Bonine, and you don't you don't pass out unconscious yeah that
0: dramamine <laughs> knocks me
2: right out god so, boning saved me and i'm telling you there were other people who were green and i was like nope i'm good this is okay <laughs> mm-hmm. so dr sheldon says <laughs> Bonine helped um the Island Inn is someplace, that's another place I may have seen you, because often when I have a small group that goes together almost every year, and um, that's usually our breakfast joint.
1: Because
2: <laughs> we're all just sick to death of, you know, scrounging in our kitchen at home. So
1: we and that usually- lobster scramble is really good. <laughs>
2: oh, boy. somebody else making the coffee is really good. Yeah, that's <laughs> They're just happy. But um, yeah, Monhegan, I, can I just ask a few questions? I don't know what Laura will do with this, but... That's what I'm here for. <laughs> when you were there through the winter, oh. it had to have been... I mean, you, were your kids with you?
1: Yeah, they were... The, uh, we, we practically doubled the school population. They had three and we added two more. So I always, grade in fourth grade.
2: Oh, that's great. In in the same school, mind you, this is like your basic one
1: yeah, room one room schoolhouse, yeah. Schoolhouse. It is
2: as classic as they come. And um, did they do your kids ever say to you, Why did you do that to us? Or did they say, Gosh, that was great?
1: It was one of their best experiences ever. It really <gasps> was. They they enjoy it and they, they have friends that they made way back when. My son, his best friend, is still from when he was going to school there. Um, wow. So, yeah, they, they, it was a great experience. They, they were funny because uh, w- once springtime rolled around and people started showing up, they were like, oh, tourists They're all over the place. They, hey, guys, <laughs> we're tourists. Like, calm down. <laughs> we're just uh,
2: visitors. We are not natives. <laughs> exactly.
1: they, they really loved it. They had a great time. I was like yeah. family hikes all the time, walking out in the – Without no any cost. trails over snow, because you couldn't find the trails sometimes. Oh, but that's exploring fun. Exploring different parts of the island we had never seen before. It was amazing. Do,
2: do people socialize with one another? In other words, do you feel, just because it's so isolating and it's got to be sparsely populated, hmm. do you get together for open studio, you know, go to one another's studios? Do you go to dinner? Do you, what, what, what's the life of an artist who's actually living their life?
1: People move to an island for a reason. Oh, I get that. I know the end. rest of the answer. <laughs> but uh, The artists that were out there, we got together quite a bit. We painted together. We did portraits together. We did landscapes together. So we got wait, the artists and, and us were, were good friends. We did a lot of working together. Let's put it that way.
2: Frank, nice. I have the feeling you're the kind of guy that always has to have a guest room. Because you seem to, <laughs> you, you've you been all over. You've met so many people. Right, They've got to come see you yeah. as they're uh, I'm, passing I'm through. I'm
1: not very good at keeping in touch with friends. I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm an isolationist. I kind of like stick to myself and stay in my studio. And I have a few friends over the years that we still get together once in a while. But uh, generally, I'm, I've got very few close friends and I stick with mm-hmm. them. And that's about it. So. Well... Uh, the bad news is, if I see
2: you on that ferry, I'm coming over.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. I,
2: I may even force you to come over for a beer. You never know. Well, that I don't
1: mind <laughs> at all. That, that's okay. That, that's,
2: but... Yeah, now that you can get lobster fritters up the hill, who knew? Everything's changed it. on Monhegan. There's wow. like little... Lobster, mm, it, it lobster fritters? Okay. Yeah. What's at the brewing, the Monhegan oh, yeah. Brewing. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. They had lobster fritters. Uh. We that was my event. I can't <laughs> wait
1: to go. I
0: can't you wait know, to You
1: know, the simple things, Laura. You'll love it. Yeah, we've been going for about 25 years now altogether. Isn't and it? we were lucky right. enough to be able to um, spend, like, anywhere from, like, three days up to, like, uh, that winter that we spent there. But mm-hmm. um, the past few summers, we were able to rent a house out that had a studio, which was kind of nice. So I actually had my own little studio to sell paintings. So mm-hmm. most years, the, the being out there for a month or two kind of like paid for itself.
2: Well, you know, I'm dying to know which one, but don't say it on the radio or you'll never get it again.
1: <laughs> no, we're not going to get it again because the owners are using it. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> anymore. <sighs> yeah, the house next to ours uh, was okay, a studio. House
2: right. Should I tell you?
1: Uh, um, I'll
0: tell you the house next to, well, I'll tell you
1: Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh-oh, hang on. Uh-oh, you froze.
0: A little bad connection loop. She'll come back. She's disappeared.
1: She's just trying to keep the house away from me so that okay, I don't run there out. there you are.
2: I'm back. Okay. I, so I said Manama, what did you say?
1: <laughs> you said what?
2: I said we faced Manama and you said?
1: Ma- you, oh, you faced Manana. Manana, um, banana. banana. Uh, let me see, where would that be? Oh, Red House? maybe <laughs> is there that
2: <laughs> few homes this is funny. near near the zero Mostel house
1: oh okay yeah yeah all oh, of those places are great i like that yeah nice
2: but you have to know for laura and anyone listening there is nothing fancy yeah. on Monhegan. anybody who thinks that you know they're going to rent the lap of luxury you know maybe there i mean there's a few of those places where none of us really get to go see the, the fancy residents, but um, it's very simple. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that you have sort of a, a decent bathroom, a working kitchen, you bring your own water for the most part, um, outdoor wow. shower, but uh-huh. it's everything is, this is not the Hamptons. That's what I'll say. And thank God for it, because hey, none listen, of us could afford it.
0: I, I go to Maine Fiddle Camp and there's no lights in the cabin. So there you go. I, no, do, so um, right. I, I don't do only do, do it have for no electricity. electricity i yeah. do only do it for two nights because you know hiking through the woods to the washrooms
1: you're is, not a woodsy girl i'm not but, um, uh, so we picked out a house that didn't have electricity we enjoyed that because we wanted to keep our kids off of their phones and no there you know we never watch tv out there most of the houses don't even have that but um uh, we kind of like hide the internet on them when they were younger and uh <laughs> and uh the, the when the houses don't have electricity i think it's just so, so much more interesting it puts you back into another period of time
2: yeah yeah, yeah you go to bed earlier you wake up earlier mm-hmm. i remember going out to paint early one morning and realizing that there were 20 people who got there long before i did
1: you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well the first time i was so walking, brave
1: I the first time my wife and I went out there, we stayed at the uh, Monhegan house. Mm-hmm. And we had a great day just hiking all over the island, experiencing it, having fun, came home, showered, cleaned up, had some wine and cheese, and then went out to go eat and everything was closed by eight o'clock. <laughs> we we're like, what? <laughs> and I think that's when we kind of fell in love with the place, realizing that it was wow. not, you know, anywhere it was else. different.
2: So yeah. different. So I'm going to ask just a couple of quick questions about your materials because I'm curious do you stretch your own or do you buy stretched?
1: Well I stretch my own when I can. I use oil prime linen generally and when I'm doing like landscaping I generally have um, uh, oil prime panels panels Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah I stretch my own. I use oils Um, uh, Robert Simmons are my favorite brushes (laughs) of uh Winsor Newton is my favorite paint. I kind of gotten stuck in certain things over the years and I stick with it because I know how they work. And um, any other questions? I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do. Are you are you one of those artists who's really, um, you, you mentioned Robert Simmons brushes. Are you very careful about cleaning your brushes every mm-hmm. day? Or are you a guy who says, this is a disposable commodity? Uh, and I'm showing my it. brushes
1: that are in the sink right now from last night. I we went oh. to bed late last night, so I just stick them in a uh, solvent, let them sit there, and then wash them in the next morning. I used to be very good with my brushes, but I'm pretty sloppy now. Uh, my studio out in the garage doesn't have a sink, so that uh. extra step of bringing them inside and washing them with soap and water sometimes doesn't work, so I leave them in my solvents and go back to them the next day. Yep.
2: Yep. I was just curious. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always fun to see. Some people are so passionate about it. And I know other mm-hmm. artists who will look at me and be like, next.
1: Yeah, <laughs> now, back in the day, because they're expensive. They're, you want to take good care of them. And Robert Simmons, I can abuse them quite a bit and they last and a bit they hold. longer than other ones. So it's you good buy good go. brushes, they'll last.
0: Do you have any favorite uh, kind of out of the ordinary tools that you use? Um, hmm.
1: I don't think so. Something I've used all kinds of different easels over the years, and my favorite is still the French, you know, half box for traveling. Wow! Um, I've got oh, like three or friend. four Pochade boxes, but you know, I don't know. The French easel is the best for me. Um, I have to say,
2: I always circle back to my French easels. Always, yeah. You know, replacing the nuts and bringing the lobster <laughs> oh, yeah. off, tightening them up. The I've wrench. Got a,
1: uh, <laughs> a French easel like graveyard in my basement where I've collected a bunch of them over the years. And I look for them on, uh, on websites, on uh, Craigslist. I try to get the old ones because the newer ones are crap sometimes. Even the yeah. So I look for the old <laughs> ones from the eighties. Those are a little bit sturdier. And again, I, you know, take a leg from one or a bolt from another and <laughs> kind of pull it together. The, the French easel I.
0: repair shop. <laughs> Don't let that get around. You'll have customers.
1: Seriously. (laughs) You'll have people dropping them
2: off like kittens on your porch. (laughs) Oh, my
0: gosh. Oh, that'll be good. So so what's in the future? What do you got coming up? Do you have any series in mind that you've maybe always wanted to do?
1: Um, Springtime is coming, so I'm probably going to be doing some plein air painting again, getting back outside. So I don't think I have anything as far as a series in mind. Um, I do have a show coming up in about another year and a half, so I should be coming up with something. Maybe another year. Uh, COVID has thrown off our gallery completely. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. Just painting. I've been enjoying these, the figures in the in the in my house. I think that might be coming to an end. I'm not sure. Your models are going to be going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to be. Where it's going to be leading me. Nice. I'll see something. It'll click. I'll do a few sketches of it. Um, right now, we're we're. I've been continuing with a series of uh, skulls. I do a lot of nice. foraging. I look for um, mushrooms in the in the s- spring and fall. Mm-hmm. And, Very French. Um, as I'm doing that, I find s- skulls, animal skulls, every once in a while, mm-hmm. and wow. I've been doing large-scale paintings of those. The skulls might be about this big two inches three inches big but I make them like six foot tall or it just they, they give them a whole new experience
2: wow that's I do am a skull painter I understand
0: <laughs> this is a, a thing a g1 so,
1: must have I've been working on that for a while doing large versions of the different mushrooms that I find mm. um just just painting whatever you know hits me whatever looks good And I'm going to get by with it.
2: You think your galleries are? Well, obviously they're planning. You're planning a show, so it's just this whole post-COVID dilemma. You know, Mm -hmm. we're all wondering when will people come out again? What will an opening look like for the next year or two? I mean, everyone is trying to sort of solve what the world will look like. Meanwhile praying that there's nothing else coming like don't you feel like you're waiting like this there better not be another shoe to drop
1: like, <laughs> right another variation that everybody's gonna get
2: yeah seriously but you had covid you've gotten over it i'm assuming you couldn't paint while you had it you must have been well pretty-
1: i think i i had uh, like i i generally paint almost every day or look at art or do, do something you- almost every day i'm i'm a very um, I, I have no fear of that day that's going to show up where I just don't feel like painting. But the past mm-hmm. three weeks, I think because of COVID, mm-hmm. it, I just wasn't in the mood, just something wasn't sure. happening. I'd go into the studio, I'd sit there, look, and just walk out. And finally mm-hmm. two days ago, I started up again and it feels great to be back and mm-hmm. touching my canvases. I, and I might still have a little bit of something, a little bit of the fatigue, some you know aches here and there that I didn't have before. So something's lingering, but hopefully it's going.
2: I have to ask mm. because you loved the smell of your father's paints. Yeah. Did you lose your sense of smell?
1: No, I didn't. No. Oh. But I never really God. had a great sense of smell after 40 years of Bust. sniffing serpentine. I kind of lost my sense of smell.
2: <laughs> oh boy! Don't tell that to everyone. or They'll think it is your COVID.
0: <laughs> oh no. Well, have you had anything happen like during COVID? I mean, it's changed so many things for artists in general, but have you had any, a positive change that you think you'll keep with you post COVID?
1: Hmm. Um, I can't think of anything, uh, that would be a positive of COVID, but I guess, you know, connecting a little bit more with my family and having them hmm. pose for me. And cause I've always wanted to do that. And this was a great opportunity cause they're stuck here, but, um, um, Oh no. Well, that's interesting. Because you said
2: you're not you know, you don't crave the attention of people, right? You enjoy solitude. So maybe this is right up your alley. Yeah. yeah. Breath- yeah and I right. have news for you. And the rest of us who tend to be really social, um, discovered what you knew all along is that there's a lot to be said for peace and quiet and an empty yeah. calendar. I've actually, I don't want to go back to what it was before. So I can appreciate it when you say that, you know, you like painting alone and being in your studio. And I I get that. I think there's a lot of artists who maybe, I can only speak for myself, but for the first time, maybe glimpsed a little of what you've been
1: enjoying. I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a sad thing that my life didn't change that much because of COVID. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same i'm painting maybe well, I even think, a little bit I've more heard that
0: i've heard that from a lot of painters yeah
1: it's good for your mental health
2: you didn't have to go through the adjustment yeah. <laughs> the world yeah. got dip, dippy
1: <laughs> what
0: is success to you as an artist frank
1: oh success for me mm-hmm. as an artist i think being able to uh, paint what you want and be able to make a living at it be able to get by um, and again, you know, I'm not living the high life. I'm getting by. I, I'm able to do interesting things. But still, so it's like, you know, always on the edge. You never know when the next check is coming in. You're always like hoping for a sale here and there. And and if it doesn't come through, you just cut back a little bit. And, you know, it's feast or famine. It's kind of always no. the way you've been. So I'd say just being comfortable <laughs> with being able to paint what you want would be successful for me. Mm-hmm. Do you have any secret goals? Artists appreciate your work. That's another thing. Ah, Who cares about the regular public? It's the other artists that you care about. (laughs) Some of them, not all of
2: them. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So, all right. Well, this has been enlightening. I feel like I've gotten a good glimpse into your world, and for a guy who doesn't talk much, you did just fine.
1: I think so too.
2: <laughs> now, I think one
1: thing—cup we... of coffee that did it. One
0: thing well, we... you've
2: got a great story. Your story yes. is not—you know—I yes. went to art school. I didn't know what to do, so I took a job teaching. I right. waited forty years until I could finally devote myself to my art. You know, in a lot of ways, your path is what a lot of people would sort of
0: dream yearn about. For exactly about, but
2: not actually I traveled have. and met yeah. interesting people i fell in love with a woman in spain <laughs> <laughs> it improved my spanish
1: <laughs> but,
2: but the fact that you've been able to put together a life doing art on your terms is really i mean i think it's very inspirational
1: yeah. um, i've been very lucky I, i've been it's it's a lot of luck and a lot of hard work to no doubt. The fact that you say you paint every
2: day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, your work speaks right. for itself. Well, yeah. You know, post COVID, every day. <laughs> we all know the business of life gets in the way sometimes, or the business of art.
1: Sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I hate that part of the business part oh, of I art. Was I was going to
0: ask about that. How do you it?
1: spectacular, but the business part is not for me. <laughs> well, that's why you have galleries,
2: though. That's, that's what I always tell people yeah i just had someone recently say to me well i put my work in this sh- show and it sold and i couldn't believe i had to give up 50 percent or 40 percent to the association and and i thought did you have to negotiate the sale did you have to go through that awkward thing of you know them offering you less and you saying no did you have to advertise it you know did you have to pack it up and ship it i'll pay for that luxury yeah. sometimes <laughs> because it's not what I want to be doing with my time. And I think, you know, you've got galleries. I wanted to ask, are you with the gallery, um, do you work, is it Susan Powell in Connecticut?
1: I used to be at Susan Powell's, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I saw her name associated with yours. I'm hearing that name a lot lately and I, I've never been to the gallery. Yeah, she has a so, number which, gallery are you, which gallery are you in right now?
1: I've only got two galleries. Uh, I really do not, um, like I said, I'm not very good at the business and I'm, I'm lucky that people come knocking at my door. Otherwise, you know, um,
0: well, yeah, uh, I've got this
1: gallery here in in New Haven, which is the Kelly Liddell gallery. Right around the corner from my house. And I'm part of the Lupin gallery on, on Monhegan. Oh, I love the Lupin. That's it. Uh, a good portion of my sales (laughs) have come from the luck of, uh, showing in a private home down in Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, I love the countryside down there, the beautiful landscapes, and there's a lot of development going on, and people want mm-hmm. to, to remember that what used to be there. And I go down there and paint and, uh, and uh, have a private showing and do fairly well down there. That's and fantastic. my name is where people will actually call me uh, just a couple of months ago, somebody that used to live in New Haven was traveling through and asked if they could see certain paintings. So my name has gotten out there, and people know me. And and um, right now, I'm able to sit on my laurels and get by like that.
0: That's awesome. I kind of think that sounds perfect, doesn't it, Laura? I think so. I think so. That's that's well. Your your
2: work is beautiful. Yeah, I'm looking yep. at the painting behind you, and I love it. I know. I think I saw it my uh, that daughter
1: at the window. Yeah. I think there. I think you had uh, a close-up on your
2: Instagram. Oh. And is that a skull painting to the side of your daughter?
1: Yeah, yeah that's the skull painting in my living room.
2: <laughs> I love a painting <laughs> within a painting. That's
0: fantastic. Uh, right.
2: Well, your work is beautiful. I hope everyone yes. who listens to this interview will go to your website. Yeah.
1: What is my um, website?
0: <laughs> Good question.
1: What is my website?
2: Well, we we popped around. I found a big piece on you on Vlogspot. Yeah. I think I have, all they need to do is Google, and we should give them, yeah. you know, the spelling of your name.
0: Well, so it's think, Frank. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Go ahead. F, Will F, you put F-Rockman it in the show notes? Fbruckman.com. Fbruckman.com. Dot, com. dot com. Um, F, Okay. With,
0: with two N's.
1: Two N's. Two, yes. B r u c
0: k m a yeah. n n. And you're on Instagram.
1: Yeah. Uh, not <laughs> really. Not that much. Instagram. I was gonna
0: say, what you know. I know. <laughs> Frank, I should. got
1: to so do more. It.
0: Five Pardon
2: minutes me? a day, you can pop those
1: paintings on Instagram. <laughs> I know. You
2: do it I right from your phone. Take, I would Don't
0: hire hire, hire one, one of those. Your phone and post it. People would love to see this. Or or hire one of your teenagers there. They're
1: yeah. like
0: they can do it in thirty seconds. And,
1: yeah, you know. yeah. I got to do something. I just really am not very good at social media. Yeah. I, I I get in like little spurts. I'll put up like three or four paintings in a week and then not do anything for a month. So. <laughs>
0: Get on that schedule. That so three times you. a week. You've got enough
2: work. They're beautiful. Yeah. They're
1: beautiful. Thanks. I enjoy painting. It's, I really enjoy doing it. It's it's so much fun. What Wonderful.
2: more can you say? So if you see me on the ferry going over,
1: <laughs> I know please, we've met, we've met before. I'm sure we've talked before. do that, that
2: is funny. I don't I don't often admit it, but you sort of can't miss me. I'm six foot one.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, so if you're looking for anyone, look for the tall girl that will be me but in the meantime you when have I a pretty into...
1: pretty good size hat on too don't you if I'm not mistaken don't you wear kind of a good uh, on the boat no just when you're painting don't you wear a good size hat when you're painting I actually do okay yeah so I do rem- remember you
2: <laughs>
1: You've spoken before
2: See, this is why we always have to behave when we're in public. You never know who's <laughs> watching. <laughs> we'll meet in person, I'm sure. And uh, again, anybody who's on Monhegan can go into the loop, and I guess, and see your work. And yeah, anybody who's interested in seeing Monhegan, did you say that your workshops through the Island in?
1: Yes. Uh, this year, it's full uh, already. Okay. They're, they're only allowing me 10 people this year because of uh, COVID. Mm. And, um, uh, but generally I have anywhere from 12 to 14 students usually through the end.
2: Well, <clears throat> no one should ever be afraid of a waitlist. I can't tell you how many times in the past I got into workshops from a waitlist. Yeah. People's plans change when they make them a year ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, now this one's it's in October right.
0: again, right? October? Yes, October. So Maybe you should do two, Frank. Gale force wins. Yeah. Back.
1: Well, I'm thinking about next year doing an August one because I miss out on a lot of teachers that tell me they'd like to take the course, but they can't. So I think maybe next year I'll be doing one in August and in October.
2: Love it. That sounds
1: like a plan. All right.
2: So
1: nice chatting. uh, This was kind of fun. (laughs) Not painful. (laughs) Not painful at all.
0: (laughs) Laura's got this down. Wonderful. Okay, so we'll be talking again soon and meeting each other on the ferry, hopefully not in gale force winds.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not. (laughs) Boning. Just remember boning. Boning, boning. I got it in Australia and it worked. Uh All right, everybody go paint now. Bye.
1: Thanks. Good meeting you guys. Bye.
0: If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on ArtistsOfNewEngland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. you got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.